We'd love to hear from you, see how we can help you this morning with anything and everything you have to do. Um, uh, before the show started, uh, the first uh, thing that Lindsay said to me this morning, good morning, Lindsay, she said, I had the worst night's sleep last night. Oh, I had the worst night's sleep. What's the matter? Don, how did you sleep? Andy, how did you sleep? Good morning. I Very slept well. fine, like yeah. a baby. Like a baby. <laughs> Pretty well. <laughs> like a baby. Like a rock. Do you know when you get to sleep like a baby? Isn't that the best? Oh, nothing Like, better. you know when you wake up and you're like, huh, I feel good. Oh, yeah. That's the best. That's the exact opposite, Lindsay, of what you have right now. Yeah. Remember the first week, like the first week of the new year, you were, you were like, oh, coffee. Remember coffee? It's like so good. Wonderful. <laughs> Are you best. not drinking <laughs> coffee still? Nope. And now you're Wait, just showing nope, up you're not? sleeping. No. So mean. <laughs> no. Actually, I didn't sleep well last night either, but it wasn't the oh, worst. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Bummer. We will... That's a bummer. So I'm sorry That's that okay. you didn't. I, no, I'm sorry That's that you okay. didn't sleep well. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be fine. Because you know what? After this, Mommy's going to take a nice nap. Oh, that's good. Uh, Excellent. You Naps know, there is good. nothing better than the nap. Naps the are nap good. is the best thing, especially like, for people who work early in the morning, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I like yeah. a nap where you, you have to wake that. up and like piece your life back together, you know? My favorite is when, you know, like you're sitting by a window and it's like a cold day. And remember when the sun used to come out and, uh, <laughs> and you're sitting by the window and the sun is shining through the window and it's kind of warm. And then you get the unintended nap. Like you just oh. fall asleep because it's yes. like you're like a cat in the window. <laughs> yeah. Right? Cat nap. Yes. Cat nap. Right? Yeah, but see, this, right. these days with the, with the oh. sun not shining is, is perfect for a nap. Especially with oh, a little yeah. rain pattering oh, on your window. Oh, well, yeah, that's oh, nice, too. Man. You're right. Yeah, you're Good right. night, yeah. everybody. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're just starting the show, and we're putting all the people back to sleep. They're just waking up. <laughs> so anyway, maybe this is not good radio. Hey, uh, by the way, you know, it is our word of the day. And, you know, uh, we have a new word of the day that Lindsay sent, so we have to work this into our conversation throughout the day. We haven't figured out a contest yet. Although, you know what I would have liked the word to do? Like this morning when I just played that Today's a New Day open that you made that was lovely, the word Tootsie. Tootsie makes me happy when I say that word. You don't use that word. <laughs> the word Tootsie? In the song. Well, you said, oh. put your Tootsies on the floor. And I'm like, you know, that's a word I don't use a lot, and it makes me happy when you say it. Yeah, you say it. Put your Tootsies on the floor. You say it in the thing. I, oh. Believe me, I played Look it twice. Because I, I, I was like, yeah, you're very cute. And I thought Tootsie is the word. But no, but Don, Andy, that's not the word today. Oh, darn. Oh, I, had one, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> that, <was> that easy. <laughs> Andy's writing that down. Tootsie is easy. I had that one ready. I know. Yeah. I don't know where she's getting these words. Okay, t- the word of today t- today is, and I and thank God you uh, put it in uh, f- phonetically. It's an adjective, stentorian. Stentorian. The word, Whoa. the password is stentorian, <laughs> which means very loud or powerful in sound. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. There's right. so many interesting words out there. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Not to, it's no. It's no tootsie. I'm just going to no say <laughs> it's no tootsie. <laughs> I was but it's to, a good one. I was already to say the Blackhawks were ready to stick their tootsies in their skates. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that, Andy's like, this ready. is easy. And he's like, I win. And I win. Andy wins. Uh, well, that's right. the word today. So, okay. gentlemen, lady, me, we have our work cut out for us. The word today, people. And you should, maybe what we could do is we could, this is a t-shirt. All the words, we end up on a, the word of the yes. day. Right? At the end of 2023. Yep. We put all the words on a t-shirt. Yes. Right? Something like that. Nice. Okay, the word stentorian. S-T-E-N-T-O-R-I-A-N. An adjective meaning very loud, 
powerful in sound. All right, I already got this one. And listeners can play, too. And right? listeners can play, too. Exactly right. If you want to call in and, like, they would be like, oh, my gosh, my furnace has this stentorian noise it's making. Yes. Right? Right? Ooh. Would that be proper? See, I try to think, find ones that can be incorporated into, like, Do you cooking. really, or did you just make that up? No, I really do. <laughs> like, I do. I'm not going to get, like, butterfly wings. I mean, that would be tough to work into mm. a home improvement show. Well, just so we you know, well, just so you know, later I have a story that I'm going to share with the class that concerns butterflies. Hmm. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that is And bizarre. I think that you're going to uh, and and I think my wife doesn't want me to tell the story, but I think you're going to find it to be a very good story. A very sweet story. Nice. Nice. I am good, thank you. Um I'm calling because a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a little bit longer, you recommended an appliance repair company. And, of course, I didn't make a note of it then because I didn't need it, but now I do. So I'm hoping that you can let me know who that would be. It would, it probably, if it's an, a repair company, it would be Apt Appliance. Um, I have done business with them for... It wasn't Apt. It was somebody else. Really? Uh, an appliance company a, or an appliance a, parts company? No, it's, well... If I was no, giving... No, it's not an appliance I, parts I company. Okay. It was an appliance... I promise... Here's, here's my issue. Okay. Let me tell you my issue and then you can, you can direct me. I'll be quiet. I have a gas dryer and a couple of weeks ago I smelled a very slight gas smell coming from the area of the dryer. So I did a little research on my own and figured out that it was the the connector line from the main gas source to the dryer that was leaking. So I immediately turned that off and the gas smell went away. I looked at the connections on both sides of that um, tubing and they're, they're tight. So I don't know what's causing the gas smell, but I need to have somebody obviously take a look at it and fix it because I don't have a dryer now. But the dryer works. Yeah, the dryer works. It's just that, you know, gas smells are not safe. Correct. So let's get a plumber, not a not an appliance repair person, because a plumber will come in, and my guess is, oh. how, how uh, let me ask you this, um, Sharon, how, how old is that dryer? Oh, yikes. It's more than 10 years old. Okay. So I would contact a plumber. Well, two things. I would, if, with a tape measure, if you can, where you cut, turned off the gas, you know, that, that flexible gas line that connects to the dryer? Yeah. I want you to measure that. Yeah. Okay? Maybe even take a picture of it. And then, call, do, you ha, do, you have a plum, do you have a plumber that you work with? No. Okay. So, and you're in Chicago, north, south, east, west? Um, Northwest Side Portage Park. Okay. Um, so up there, you know, you could do, um, there's a bunch of plumbers. Uh, you hear John talk about um, Norman Mechanical is one. Plumbers911Chicago.com mm-hmm. uh, is one that will give you a good plumber. Tell them how long that gas line is and uh, maybe with a picture, and they'll okay. they'll come out and probably replace that to what should be a stainless steel line and they'll make sure that connection works and is sealed and there's no gas leak. Okay. 
All right. I will take it in that direction. Not a, not appliance repair for just a gas leak. If the dryer's working, that that's what I would do. You need a good plumber. Okay. Will do. Thanks for your help. Thank you so much for being our first caller this morning. That's very nice of you. 857-557-4LOO. 857-557-4568. Let's take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Debbie in Glenview. Hi, Debbie. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hi, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm having a shower remodeled, and I'm cons- I want to make sure I'm having it uh, waterproof properly. Okay. I mean, I watch a lot of HGTV, and they always use like that orange stuff, Schluter or Dutch, whatever right. it's called. Right. Um, so the guys I t- talk to, they all want to do like Durarock. Sure. Which I think might be okay, and I'm asking them to do a, like a liquid waterproof over it. Is that okay, or? There's a bunch of different ways to the let me. Yeah, there's a bunch of different methods to uh, to waterproof, and that Schluter that you watch on um, <clears throat> HDTV, yeah. kind of that pink stuff, is a membrane. Yeah. That is, um, it's terrific, and. Um, it's kind of the, you know, if you were the, if you were the Cadillac of tile installation, and you, if you were putting a steam in that shower, are you doing that? Oh, no. Okay, without no, a not. without a steamer going in there, doing the Dura Rock and a uh, a waterproof membrane that gets rolled on or something like that is absolutely sufficient. I mean. Talk to me in 30 years, and you won't have any problems. Um, but Do you recommend a certain what, uh, liquid, uh, what, they should, what uh, liquid they should use? I mean, there's a bunch of different ones out there. I think even Schluter makes one, but um, uh, Henry makes one. That's a, a company that makes it. Um, there's also a company called Ames that makes a waterproofing coating that can go over that. You can also, you know, this is kind of, in my opinion, the best of both worlds. That membrane, it's it's tricky to put on. And not tricky, you just got to know what you're doing. But <clears throat> most of the time, it, let me ask you this, um, is it, um, is it uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, The a shower base or a tub? It's going to be a shower base. Okay. If you had, if you talk to but them, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a terrazzo base because I don't want to deal with. I'm worried about dealing with grout. I love the terrazzo base. That's so, one of my favorite bases that nobody uses anymore, and and they're just solid. Oh, really? oh, oh my cool. gosh, they're okay. they're awesome and they're easy to keep clean. So how about how about you do the best of both worlds right. since you watch so much HTTV? I think the Schluter. Um, uh, uh, membrane is a 30 inch roll. If you had them put a 30 inch, basically a belt around the bottom, so they're gonna they're gonna put the terrazzo base, they're gonna put their Dura Rock on, and then put that membrane on the first 30 inches from the bottom up, and have them use that to overlap the the Dura Rock onto the terrazzo. Ninety-nine percent of the. Well, don't they? When they take out the shower, <clears throat> I in my mind, I thought the first thing they put up is Dura Rock, and then. No, the first. Well, I guess they do the shower base and then Dura Rock, huh? Correct. The base is the first thing to go in. 
Okay, so base. You know, I watch what all that they do, and I annoy them a lot, but this is too bad. Okay, so well, the base and the Duroc. Correct. And then 30-inch roll. Now, they may... They may put the, the roll on after the terrazzo base is in. Correct. So imagine... To protect the bottom 30 inches of Duroc. Which is where all the problems are in a shower. It's always the bottom portion of it, and and uh, it's the best... Now, if they say... Oh, okay, do you need to seal the... Um... Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Do they do you, do I need to have the seal the terrazzo base? No, um, I'm not. With a f- anything? No, I'm not. This? I'm not a fan of that because I think it traps dirt. Just keep it clean. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of those. Ter- okay, and one last question: um, If people like, if I couldn't get the terrazzo base in time, I'd be forced to do tile on the base. Um, Because it's a custom size, and I said the only way I would do that is if we used epoxy grout, because I'm very concerned. What do you think about tiling the shower base? Can I tell you this, Debbie? I'm going to make a call to people I know at HGTV, and I'm going to have you become a host, because you have been watching so much of it, you know all this (laughs) stuff. Um, Here's what I would do. There is a, um, if, if timing is an issue... I love a tile base. I have no problem with the epoxy grout. There is a company that we featured on the show years ago that makes a tile base that you can buy that is in a, you can get it in half inch increments. And I believe it's called Tile Ready with an I. And um, so you can go to their website, I believe, and you can order if they say, okay, Debbie, it's, you know, 28 by 36, or, I mean, that would be more normal, but they will ship that to you, that entire base. You can even tell them where you want the drain, or your contractor will drill it exactly where you want the drain, and now you have a leak-proof base. There's no membrane, there's no lead pan, no nothing. That gets set, you thin-set mortar, you put the tile that you want, you work it around the drain, and um, they're awesome. And so that's an option for you as oh, well. Oh, that sounds, yeah, it does sound awesome. Yeah, and if you're going to do something on the base, my recommendation on a, t- uh, a, t- a tile for uh, a shower base is unglazed porcelain, smaller tiles, so that they can, you know, really get, sh- uh, you know, shaped nicely to the drain. They're non-slip. They come in a bunch of different sizes, shapes, and colors, but unglazed porcelain so you don't slip and fall on your fanny. Debbie, I appreciate the phone call. Our phone number is 857-557-4-LOU-857-557-4568. Right now, it's time to head into the WGN Radio Newsroom and check in with Don Kleppen. You know, I got, Dick, I got an email from someone uh, the other day that said, um, I've been listening to you since I was a little girl, and now I'm an adult. And uh, as flattered as I was about that, it didn't make me feel so good. <laughs> How may I help you, sir? So here's here's my here's here's my question, sir. I have a second home up in northern Wisconsin, right. and I've been thinking about adding security to the property, meaning cameras. Okay, and I'm wondering if you have any advice on that. Boy, I am. Uh, 
a huge uh, fan and a user. I have been probably for the past three, maybe four years of the Ring camera system, R-I-N-G. And it started with, you know, ironically, I mean, uh, Lindsay stepped away from the microphone, but the guy that invented the Ring doorbell probably 10 years ago, we probably featured on this radio show and, and we're probably one of the first people to, you know, talk about it. And then the guy ends up selling it to Amazon for like a billion dollars. Good for him, right? Um, but we too have a second home in Wisconsin and I use cameras there and I also use their security system. And from a cost perspective, if you want to do this yourself, you have internet at this house? I do, yes. Yeah. So the Ring security system, and you know now Amazon owns it, so uh, it's not the only place you can buy it, but that's probably where you can get a pretty good deal. You buy their, uh, if you buy their security system, which gives you this keypad that you can either plug in or it's battery operated, which also even comes with, I believe it still does, a cellular backup. Okay, and I'm going to say that. That security thing's 300 bucks. I think that's about the number. But then when you subscribe to their service, which I think is either 100 or $150 for the year, so it's pretty cheap, you can add as many cameras to that system, and then you put the app on your phone, and you can look at the thing anytime you want. Or there's security settings where lights can go on, this and that, and it literally is a do-it-yourself thing and there's a combination of battery operated you know cameras or ones you plug in they've got these really nice security lights that have uh cameras built in that you hardwire you know for outdoor that's what i would do because the the downside with the battery operated cameras especially in the winter time is the batteries you know don't hold their charge as long Okay. What do you think about all that? So how many cameras can you add to their system? Once you, so individually, if you do it, you end up paying per camera per month type of thing. I believe with the, uh, with the security system, once you buy into that, as many as you want, <laughs> literally. Uh, let's see, on our home in Wisconsin, I have the doorbell. I have... Uh, two interiors, just so when you're gone, God forbid there's a fire or something, you can just kind of look inside. I keep them off all the time, other than we're not here, just to make sure everything's okay inside. So that's one, two, three, four, five. I have six. And I could... Hey, the outdoor cameras are, uh, are very important to me as well. We're on a lake. Yeah. So I want vision down on the lake, yeah, our driveway, and yeah. so forth. Yeah. So the biggest issue with the ones that you mount outside is the strength of your Wi-Fi. So with the ones we have, there's one camera in particular that's kind of in the front of the garage that kind of looks down the uh, driveway towards the front. I mean, it's great when you're, like, especially you, you said you're up north, you know, you can say, hey, is there snow? Or if you have a you know a lake, is it frozen? I mean, it's high definition, like 1080p. It's unbelievable. And you can even zoom in. 
and it records the stuff, and then after a while it dumps it, and then really ultimately, if there's a um, some issue, you know, from a, a, a criminal activity, you have a record of it as well. Fantastic. All right. Good luck, my friend. Lou, I appreciate your uh, suggestions and advice. You got it. Be well. I appreciate your call this morning. 857 557 4 Lou. 857-557-4568. This is Wanda, who's in Lockport. Hi, Wanda. You're on House Marts Radio. Good morning. Good morning. I had a question for you. Um, we're renovating. I've called a few times for uh, information on this. But we're re- renovating an old colonial revival house. And I would need to know how to insulate one of the rooms. The walls are all plaster. My son plays video games and his voice gets very stentorian. <laughs> um, Wanda, that's amazing. That's great. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Very good. Uh, she got well it. Done. That's well good. Played. Hold on. <laughs> Well I'll call every Saturday or something. <laughs> I love it. Now, were you just trying to use the word, or were you? Did you really have to put insulation in the walls? I'm, we're putting in, tearing down some walls and putting insulation in. But his uh, video game room is going to be on the third floor, and I do not want to hear him screaming and yelling. He puts his <laughs> headphones on, and he gets so loud you can hear him everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I mean, the thing is with that, I mean, the insulation will help, you know, and there's uh, really what you need is density. And so if you're, you said you're taking walls down, but you're not doing anything with the floor, are you? No, no, we're trying to keep the floors the same. Yeah. Um, we are making one of the bedrooms, we're making it to a master bathroom. And when you pull the plaster down for the ceiling... There's absolutely nothing in between all this. Even oh. the plaster inside and the outside wall, there was no insulation. Oh, so that where his bedroom is, you've now exposed the ceiling underneath that, right? Where the master bathroom is going, we've exposed oh, it. Oh, I see. Okay. Both bathrooms, actually. Okay. And we're not living there right now. Got it. But where he's going to be is the third floor. It's a three-floor colonial, and it's a... Uh, where the family room was, and I want to try to put something on the walls, or even flooring there, to insulate it so the sound does not get out everywhere. Okay, um, but you don't. My point is, you don't have exposure to get into the walls, do you, or or you do? No. Yeah. No, we'd have to uh, knock them down. Because spray foam insulate. Well, I mean, if you know for a fact that there's nothing there. Right. If it's when you took the other stuff down and it's just a big gap, if you have a um, if you have uh, hollow walls, if you could have somebody come in and put spray foam in there, they would literally cut a hole in each gap between the studs and drop a hose down in there and fill up the void. That density for the st- the screaming, you know, would definitely help. Um, but uh, for <laughs> What it doesn't really, what it does help for like a, a tactile noise, like walking around, but it's not as, uh, that contact sound mm-hmm. transfer is tougher. But the yelling and the screaming uh, could could work. And, uh, you know, there's other things you can do. Put a, you know, a rug down and, you know, make sure he keeps the doors closed and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I guess as long as he's having fun and not hurting yeah. anybody, you know, what's so bad about that? 
Yeah, he was hurt in a car accident a few years ago. Got and it. So he can't work now, and he passes his time Got it. while his wife's at work playing video games. And him, him and his buddies, oh, wow. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I would look in, I, I would look into the spray foam insulation, which I think will give you the most density. And uh, Wanda, our first use of Centaurian this morning. That was good. And you were on it. You were ready for it. I love that you were picked up on it right away. That was really funny. Thanks so much, Juana, for the phone call. 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. He Where's... might be also leading a cult, and she's like a clone of a, I don't know. There's a oh, wow, really? Speculation going oh, on there. I hear another rejoin coming. <laughs> 857-557-4LU, 857-557. How old is Britney Spears now, would you say? She's about 41. Oh. Right. And she's Actually, been she around is. a long time, right? Well, 20 years? Or did oh, she start yeah. before she was 20? Oh, before she was 20. Like she was like a teenager. Years. Yeah, about 16, wow. 15. Well, I hope, she, I hope she finds happiness. So do I. Yeah. She just needs... She's misunderstood. <laughs> she really is. 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568. This is Marsha in Wakanda. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Lou. Thank you for taking my call. I haven't been to Wakanda in forever. I have a question. Uh, my first question is about a broken toilet. It's in a second bathroom that I don't use a lot. And when I flush it, the water comes out at the bottom of the tank all over the floor. When you flush it, so when it's not, when it's just sitting there mm-hmm. holding water, there's no water that goes anywhere. No, no. I keep checking it. The tank remains full. There's water in the bowl. But as soon as I flush it, I have a flood of water coming out the, the tank. Between the tank and the, where it connects to the bowl? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how handy are you? Well, I ha- I've replaced the flapper and things like oh, different right. parts in the tank. So that tank um, connects to the base of the, you know, the, of the toilet, the part you sit on or stand, whatever it is. And there's a rubber gasket. Mm-hmm. There's a rubber gasket that connects those two. If you take the lid off, okay, and you look down where that flapper is, mm-hmm. you will see either two or three screws or bolts or something that go through the tank and then the, and then they you know they they go through and connect with a bolt on the bottom on the underside of the backside of the toilet and so mm-hmm. depending on the age of this I, I don't know that I think that probably you would have better success this is not fun to do uh, I had Lindsay do this when we shot a uh, toilet video. You're going to have to get down on the ground and tuck your, <laughs> tuck your, I mean, whatever you're getting paid, it's not enough, Lindsay, because I think back of when we shot that video, I'm like, this is hilarious that I'm making you do this. But anyway, if you go under that, the back of that toilet, you'll see three or two bolts. And if you get the right size wrench and or socket and you tighten all three of those the same time, meaning... I don't want you to tighten one, 
and that's it. You so if you do two turns on one, they all got to be around the same tightness. You know what I mean? If all of a sudden you're like, oh, this one's loose, but this one's tight. You know, it's like the three little bears. Mm-hmm. You got to get them just right, and it'll suck that tank down to the toilet base and probably make a better seal for you. You may be lucky and fix it like that. And if not, if you do all that and it still leaks, then we probably need a plumber to come and they can take that whole tank apart from the toilet and replace all those parts and put it back together. I mean, assuming you're happy with the toilet and, you know, other than that, it works fine. Yeah. Yeah, the toilet is is over 20 years old, so I'm thinking if it's not a simple fix, I may just, maybe time to replace it. Well, and and here's the thing, too, uh, is, Marsha, is that if you go to replace it, um, what you should consider doing is installing what they call a comfort height toilet, which is a little bit taller, Mm -hmm. and... uh, it's just a little bit easier to use. Quite frankly, I think every home should have comfort height toilets. And, you know, people say, oh, well, I got little kids, you know, and, and it's harder for little kids. Yeah, it is, but they get taller. So, you know, it's, and then everybody will be thankful for the comfort height toilet. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's one thing. You said you had I a second question? A the, um... You had a second question? Yeah, my second question is I have a Bosch dishwasher. It's about eight years old. And when I close the door, I hear it click, but it won't stay shut, and therefore my dishwasher will not run. I hear it click. It won't stay shut. Um, no. How about if you add a, if you put a little pressure on the door, does it stay shut, or just no matter what? No, no matter what. I... Um, it's the model where I have the controls on the outside top front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I can push it shut, and then, and then it kind of pops right back, and I push it harder and hold it, and it just pops right back. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. What is your countertop made of? Granite. Okay. It could be, it could be as easy as this, that the... Um, that the uh, where it's connected either to the granite or to the side of the cabinets, it all depends on how they connected it, that that has become out of a line alignment and it's it's causing the door not to go not to shut all the way. So in other when you say it clicks, you hear it click, but then you can just easily open it without having to push any buttons. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not making a contact point, uh, you know, on that center clip. You could try when the door's open. I believe on the Bosch, right, there's a tab on the body of the unit, not on the door, correct? The door is flush, but there's a little, there's a little uh, spring-loaded catch. And you can try manually operating that mm-hmm. back and forth just to articulate it. Look to see if that part is worn. If you notice that something's broken off or anything on that clip, because that could be an issue, too, where it's just catching on the side, but maybe something is broken off there. The tab, if you kind of get down on your knees and look up, you should see like a little stainless steel, almost like a tongue, rectangular, with a little, uh, like a hole or a slot in it. Make sure that's not bent, that it's straight, 
And when you operate the door and you close it, make sure that it's closing and you feel like, oh, yeah, it's closing on all four sides. If all of that checks out, then we probably may need to make a, a phone call to an appliance repair company. Apt Appliance is whom I uh, recommend. And, and they service Bosch. And they can come out and see if you need a new part or something installed on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, the the Bosch is not Stentorian at all. Oh, there she is. Good job. Yeah, it's right. Very good. That's two in an hour. Two in an hour. Good job. Good job. Sorry, I had your mic off. What did you say? Oh. I'm sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> Thank you for calling and being part of our word of the day. Look at what you've started here, Lindsay. The word of the day. Everybody's participating. It. It's no tootsie, but I do love it. Good job. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Well, okay. So anything that burns, combustion, right? Anything that makes combustion, A, number one, creates carbon monoxide. And uh, it's interesting because all of the conversations about this are talking about nitrogen dioxide, which, too, can be produced by ill performing uh, combusted materials, right? So, you know, we, we've, we all grew up with them clean, burning, natural gas, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, so, you know, things, you know, even if you do a, a fire outside, it creates nitrogen dioxide. For those of you that smoke cigarettes, you know, that does it. Uh, fireplace, uh, if you have a gas dryer, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the key is that we need to vent it, right? Mm. And that's what we're not doing. I, I think that, I mean, this is just my my humble opinion on all this, is that instead of banning gas appliances, if you want to mandate something, then mandate that if a gas appliance is going in, that it gets vented and it vents outside. Yeah, you it's, know. Yeah, it's it's a really good point there too, and and it's worth noting. You know, you're mentioning that Ev, you know Evanston's considering the ban. Um, this came up. Uh, a congressman, member of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, said the federal government might ban gas stoves as a health hazard too. Yeah, I mean that that would be uh, that would be big, and you know, uh, you know, when you talk about affecting a lot of people, but you know, the the thing is, is that gas furnaces do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're vented, but I mean it's like where do you stop? Now right. you you know, I'm not against progress and you know, if there's really you know issues there that we have to tackle, absolutely, but you know, a lot of times it seems like we go after these problems with a sledgehammer when really all it needs is a little tap, you know? And right. so maybe instead of uh you know, I think I think the Evanston proposal is that any new construction you wouldn't have a gas stove. Now, I don't have a problem with electric stuff. and That's right. We it also says have to, the Evanston ban is for new homes, apartments, or commercial structures. That's right. Right. And I, I saw one, I believe, councilman saying, you know, Evanston certainly has a reputation for uh, being a, a, a community that's really about equity. And, you know, something like this would, would definitely harm, um, you know, the people from uh, all socioeconomic levels and those that can't afford it. I mean, how are they going to afford to do that? Oh, I got to get, you know, eventually if they said no more gas stoves, you got to swap it out. That's a huge expense. Oh yeah. Right. To, to do all that. So it's interesting. I, I, you know, when you hear these headlines on the news and if you read a little further into it and you, you kind of pay attention to it all, I I think that, um, you know, 
I would be an advocate to say, hey, how about all new construction? If you're going to put in a gas stove, it has to have a vent, and the vent has to go outside. A lot of homes in our area have those kind of goofy vents, which I never understood, that just go there, and they pull the stuff up, and they go through a filter, and they just dump it back into the, <laughs> yes. into the kitchen. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Like, I was tall enough that if I was at one of those things, it would blow on me in the face. I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> totally unhelpful. This makes no sense. Right, exactly. Right. So, just makes uh, anyway. just makes one of you know a loud noise in the kitchen is really all it does. Right, exactly. That's all it's good for. So anyway, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting story, and uh, I know there's more to come on it all. But boy, just be careful with you know, be careful all you uh, politicians and and when you're considering this stuff. And obviously, the health and safety of everybody is important, but there's a lot of aspects to it that uh, we should consider and. I personally think venting it is the right way to go from a legislation standpoint to start. Initially, do that. Say, hey, if you have a gas stove, this could be a problem. We're not going to be able to get at it. Maybe even find ways to help people uh, for a retrofit and something like that, which, you know, can't is not going to be inexpensive as well. But uh, opportunity does exist there. Anyway, more to come. More to come. 857-5574. By the way, I want to say a big thanks to uh, Wendy Snyder, who filled in last week, and... Uh, Julian uh, San uh, Saldernia, uh, who produced it, Jim Sullivan, uh, Tate Enterprises, and Mike Holmes over at Creative Carpentry for filling in. Thanks so much. We were uh, we took a week off with the family and uh, went actually to uh, spent a week in Mexico, and it was great. I highly recommend warm weather. Um, I'll tell you my butterfly story a little bit later on. We were talking about butterflies, uh, and uh, a funny, well, an interesting thing happened that I think you'll find to be. Interesting. And I also ran into an old grade school friend in the pool that I hadn't seen for 44 years. Now, that's a funny story as well. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. 857-5574, Lou, 857-557-4568. This is Paul in Gray's Lake. Hey, Paul, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, Lou, I have a uh, about a 40-year-old addition on the back of my house, and it has a washroom. And the washroom is serviced by a 6-inch cast iron uh, horizontal run uh, that goes to the main sewer line. It's about 14, 12 to 14 foot long. Well, what happens is there's not too much of a pitch on it, and it collects debris on the bottom of the pipe, and every once in a while, I have to have it rotted out. Uh, to replace it with PVC uh, would be about $6,500. Uh, the plumber is recommending a Mansfield or Zern high-capacity power flush toilet uh, to cure the problem and uh, uh, without replacing the, the line. Uh, by the way, I'm 82 years old, so... Um, well, you sound fantastic. So that's the first thing. Um, let me ask you, I, I, I just, I want to understand this. So the toilet is where on a first floor? On the first floor. Yes. Uh, and there, it's a horizontal run. It goes underneath the addition to the main basement and then connect to the uh, main sewer line. Okay. And, and so you can see all that cast iron right i mean you can see it yes i sure can yeah um and how often do you have to have it rotted oh i would say 
maybe every five, six years. Okay. I, here's the thing, um, Paul, with the power flush toilets. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of them because they're so loud. Okay. And I think that, and I think that ultimately while you get a lot of power, well, there's two things. It's funny that the plumber would suggest this. You get a lot of power in the flush in the bowl, okay? That's no question whatsoever. But they actually use less water. That's the whole idea behind it. And so now I'm going to get all this force. When I go through the trap of the toilet, it's going to slow it down a little bit. And then I'm using less water. And then that pitch and debris that you talk about, I don't know that it's going to help cure the problem. And you're going to spend 500 bucks on a power flush toilet. Excuse me, Lou. He's recommending a three, what is it, GFC, uh, uh, not a a standard uh, uh, toilet, a commercial-grade three-gallon. Oh, three gallons. uh, So it's it's going to, so it is going to pump more water in there. Yes, it is. You, you, You do realize that at 82 years old, you'll be breaking the law, right? (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm just saying so i won't worry about no, it. no i know i know i know but the, but my point is yeah if that's what they're going to do the more water will help but can i offer a different suggestion that i think might help and be a little bit easier for you sure. to do so when's the last time you had this thing rotted out yesterday okay now I want you to run to the hardware store and buy uh, a couple of bottles of something called Robic, R-O-B-I-C. Robic. Okay. It is a sewer line. Okay, that's the stuff that comes in the uh, a white bottle with a plastic bag around it? Uh, no. No, no, no. It's an enzyme. It's not, no. a, it's not a harsh chemical. Okay. But what you're going to do, and okay, so you just had this rotted, okay, what are, so February 1st, oh no, where are we? Yeah, sure, February 1st. So once a month, starting in February, you're going to pour, right before you go to bed, you're going to pour, I believe it's half a bottle down the toilet, and you're going to flush it, and you're going to leave it. And don't use that toilet till the morning, if you can. And so that enzyme, okay. that enzyme is going to sit in that, not properly pitched pipe, and it's going to chew up any, you know, toilet paper or solids that might be in that pipe. Good morning, everybody. And uh, and then the next time you flush it, it's going to help go away. And, you know, I'm going to say a bottle aerobic is, I don't know, six bucks, maybe. And um, okay. so $3 a month is better than 6500 it's going to take you a long time to okay. get this. It's going to take you a long time to get to 6500 and that power flush toilet if you did that every time you flushed it, you know, you you would think you're back in gym class in the high school cuz it's so loud and everybody's going to know you're in the ba- okay. everyone's going to know you're in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> All right? Well, okay, thank Robic is the name of the stuff. Robic, R O B R O B it's either EC or IC, Robic, and you'll find it at the hardware store. Okay. Great. Hey, thanks for the help, Lou. Paul, thank you so much for listening and calling in. I so appreciate it. Hey, we're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. 
Uh, good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. We have a boiler, and from what we can tell, it was built in 1978, and it's, I was told it's time to replace it. And uh, what was suggested was a tankless boiler. I know you like tankless water heaters and also a tankless boiler water heater combi. Right. So, uh, well, the, the I mean, boilers have a heat exchanger. They don't tend to have a tank. But then they, what they want to do is they want to do your domestic hot water from your boiler, basically, right? Right. Did they give you a brand name? Um, two of them. One is a Vestman, and one's a Lars. Mm. Um. So the I Vestman's is a European brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of that heat exchanger on you know. I mean, in essence, on-demand water heaters are boilers. Okay. The difference is they just have a higher BTU, and the way that they operate and the core of it and everything is getting hotter faster. And um, it's a you know it's a viable option to do this. Now, tell me about your current water heater. What is it? It's a it, the water heater's a Ream. How, how old and is the it? The boiler's a Utica. Yeah, how old is it? The water heater. Um, getting close to 10 years. Okay, so that's probably, you know, it, you've gotten your lifespan out of it. The one thing is, if you do the boiler with the water heater, you know, with the holding tank, you know, next to it, you've just got one heat source. From an energy perspective, you're, you're probably saving energy. I mean, a pessimist would say, yeah, but if the boiler goes, then I don't have any hot water. And I go, yeah, okay, well, the likelihood of that happening is pretty low. Um, I am unfamiliar with both of those brands. And I, from a brand perspective on boilers, the ones that I have installed and have experience with, there's a German company called Buderis that makes a very good boiler. There's a couple of American brands that we've installed over the years, Weill McLean and Burnham. Those are three examples of what I would consider uh, kind of the Cadillac of boilers, and they offer the same setup that they're pitching you on right now. 1978, you definitely got your money's worth out of that boiler. I mean, there, there's no question. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. I have no, I guess, you know, if what you're asking me with the holding tank coming off the boiler, uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's a very common thing now. It, it saves a little bit of space, not a lot, but you get, you know, you, you eliminate one of the venting. I'm assuming you have a, uh, you have a, um, you know, a vent to it. It's not direct vent. Are they, are they talking this boiler? Is it going to be high efficiency? Are they going to vent it directly out the side? Yeah, it'll be vent- vented directly out of the house, high efficiency. I'm I I I personally prefer non-high efficiency boilers, but they've come a long way. So I I, I think I have to change my tune on that one a little bit. Um, it, it's funny. I, I I've been a fan of conventionally vented uh, boilers 
but high efficiency furnaces, but they have finally kind of come together. So, you know, the other thing too is if you do that and you vent it out the side, now you have, I assume, a chimney that no longer does anything, correct? Um, I do have a backup heat source, uh, uh, forced air. Okay. Just in case the boiler went out. Oh, okay. And that gets... We had central air put in and... Oh, and it and, has a furnace. And they offer to put... Uh, yeah. Okay. And so that's still vented through the chimney. Right. That will be the only thing vented out of the chimney if we do the... But 90% the of the... But, but you, you never use that heat, correct? Rarely. Okay. All right. Then we don't need a chimney liner because I was going to say, you know... It's not as efficient, or it is so efficient that if the chimney does not have a liner, then you use it all the time. I would tell you you'd have to do that, which would be an added cost. But if this is a backup, like if the boiler went mm-hmm. down, you know you're in good shape. I have no problem with that setup. I would look at the other brands that I mentioned because I think that those will offer you um, at least options. I'm just unfamiliar with the brands that you mentioned, and uh, I'll look into them as well because I'm, I'm always curious about new stuff. Thanks so much for the phone call. Hey, it's 7.31 in the morning, and uh, we have our new Tulu 2 coming up. You know, I, I, that I just, Lindsay and I have completed the kitchen makeover video on our YouTube channel, which is, I think, really funny. And I will say that there is a surprise guest that makes an appearance in the video about midway through that I actually think is the star of the show, right? Agreed. And uh, so... But my point is, in this video where I do the paint makeover to kind of inspire you to do this yourself, which I think you'll find really good. So go to YouTube.com slash TV and click on the kitchen DIY style video. And um, But I do a little bit of a backsplash that, to me, a backsplash makes all the world of a difference on how something looks on a kitchen and... I'm a big fan of just simple subway tile. Our Noodaloo 2 makes this so much easier. You could literally do a backsplash in two hours. How's that for a tease? But right now it's time for WGN Radio News with Don Clip. Eddie Murphy got a Lifetime Achievement Award, you know, like the Cecil okay. B. DeMille thing. And yeah. It was really funny. And uh, his acceptance speech was very sweet. But then at the, I can't repeat it. Uh, but because he said there's three rules for success in Hollywood, you know, and it was a mic drop moment. Really? Yeah, it was really good. Oh. Wait, are you going to play a clip? No, I can't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because they had to beat part of it out. But it was really good. You know, yeah, those award can... shows, uh, the presenters typically uh, have a stentorian voice. Very good. Uh. Very good. I was good. just going to, you just stole my thunder. Oh, no. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> wait, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. I got the wrong button. Hold on. Wait, wait. Uh, there we go. This is for Don. Yay. Don's like, I'm, Don's like, I'm not going to work it into my thing. So anyway, <laughs> but so at some point, Quinn goes, can you stop talking about the Golden Globes? I think I was just so excited for an award show. Aren't you a White Lotus watcher? Did you watch? I love that show. What's the name of the woman that is the, she won a Golden Globe. Oh, Jennifer uh, Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, right. Her acceptance speech was hilarious. Nice. I mean, the woman was absolutely hilarious. She is the best. And I don't really know who she is because I don't watch that show. And Mary Beth loves that show. And uh, 
And so she was like, at one point she gets a Golden Globe. And she's like, I'm going to, oh my gosh, this is heavy. I'm going to put this on the ground. And she puts it on the ground. <laughs> I don't work out. She goes, oh my gosh. She's like, my neighbors are talking to me now. You know, like she was, it was just really, she was humble and funny. And uh, anyway, so I was talking a lot about the Golden Globes and my kids were tight. They were done with it. <laughs> <laughs> they were done with it. But if you get a chance, go to YouTube and watch. I think on YouTube, you'll hear what Eddie Murphy actually said, but it was pretty funny. Okay, let's talk about my Noodaloo 2. Um, we found this at the Houseware Show, and I believe, Lindsay, it's a Canadian company, right? And um, anyway, a backsplash is an amazing way to change the look of a kitchen. And if you're a renter, or you just don't want to spend a ton of money and do a lot of work, what? Wait, what? What? I don't think this is what you were talking about. The versatiles? Yeah. <laughs> is this the backsplash? No. What is the versatiles? This is the memo board, which you clearly didn't get. <laughs> oh, did I get a memo on this? Wait a minute, I'm completely confused. Wait on. Now we're from rain messing with miners and great alternative dry. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, there's this other company out of Canada that makes these amazing backsplash tiles. That I think we've already featured. That's next week's new to lose. That'll two. be next right week's new to lose two. Right here on House Smarts Radio, as Lindsay has a mouthful of something. So uh, our new to lose two, by the way, is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When you need a new ride, you need a new Chevy. She sends me all this stuff. I just don't read it. My name is Lindsay. I am a planner. Most that know me know this. So with a family of four, I'm always trying to find ways to make our lives more organized. Better yet, more simply organized. We've tried the shared family calendars, weekly planners. They start great, but never really catch on, you know. But it's a new year, and I have new hope for this week's New Tulu 2. Boogie Board is a company that creates reusable writing tablets. Not like an iPad, but more like a notepad that uses their patented technology, a paperless LCD. One of their latest products is their Versa Tiles. Versatiles are memo boards that are about 8 inches by 8 inches. They look like black tiles, but when you write on it with their Versa Pencil Stylus, or even just your fingernail, whatever you're writing will appear right there on the screen. When you want to erase, you click the little button on the lower right side, and presto, it's a blank canvas again. My idea is you get four of them, one for each of us in our family, and create a little versatile memo board on the wall near the door that we use most frequently to get in and out of the house. So, meaning on the way out the door in the morning, we can either check the versatiles for notes written for us or write a note of our own. See where I'm going with this? Each versatile is $29.99. A simple solution to keep those memos and ideas organized. Great for your office, for the kitchen, for kids' school lockers. You can find out more on Lou's House Smarts YouTube channel. Lots of cool videos posted. A ton of other new Tulude 2 products we've featured. So be sure to click the subscribe button while you're there. Well, you could see how I would get confused. Yes. It was smart tiles is the wall self-stick mm -hmm. and versatile. They have the same last name. Yes. It's like Smith. Correct. It's not like same Smith. description. <laughs> but not not the whole paragraph you sent me about what it is, <laughs> right? And uh 
Same and surname. You is. like these, the versatiles. We loved these. These we, were We, the awesome. Smithwick family, loves them. No, you did too. Oh, I do too. Keep. Uh, I mean, it's okay. Like, how about you just take over? So they're little tiles. They look like they're eight by eight. They're just squares. They're like a black tile, and then you could take a little pencil. You oh, could yeah, take a yeah, regular, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you write on yeah, it. There's a lot can, in my like, head. It's hard to remember to all this stuff. Milk, juice, whatever, yeah. or like. Hey, don't forget, so-and-so has basketball practice tonight from 2 to 3. Or how about, I love you. Or I love you. Don't forget to get the milk. Um, <laughs> and then when you're done, you just hit the little, like... Is that like a pa- is that like passive-aggressive? I love no. you. Don't forget well, the milk. Don't forget to get the milk. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Uh, and then when you're done, you just click the bottom. It's very cool. Like, it's the like, kids love it, too. It's Etch-a-Sketch. It is, sort of. Yes. Right? It's mm-hmm. Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Except but you it, don't shake it to like... You don't shake it. Screen. You just hit a just button and it clears it. Right. And it clears. I remember. I was there. Now I remember. Yeah. That was me. Yes. You and I together. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I remember. It's coming back. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, it's nice to be around together. Smart tiles. Versatile <laughs> is that go to uh, YouTube.com slash HowSmartsTV and you'll see all the information about that. It is really cool. Um, and uh, I do and easy lo- and like just a simple well, and it's that- fun too, especially with little kids where they enjoy that technology totally. and can have some fun, mm-hmm. and then they can leave you a note. Mom, I went to Susie's house or whatever. You know, it's a it's a nice way to kind of keep track, and you don't have post-it notes everywhere and that kind of stuff. When I was a builder, um, and I was uh, driving around in my pickup truck, I had a pad of post-it notes, and it's back when cell phones were connected to the car. And, you know, I'd pick up the phone, whatever, hey, okay, whatever. And I would write in on a post And my dashboard was covered in Post-it oh notes. That bet. if I would forget, in, in the winter it wasn't a problem because the windows were up. But then in spring would come, I've had Post-it notes from like a month ago. i got to remember to go there and get, you know, whatever. That was like my thing. I was like Uncle Billy and the uh, the string around his fingers, you know, I had this post And then I'd be like, oh, what a great day. And I'd roll both windows down. And then the Post-it notes would fly out of the truck. <laughs> Out of both windows. I'm like, no. I remember once I pulled over to try and pull and collect the post-it notes, and I was unsuccessful. Anyway, love it. That would have been that would have been a good one back then to have on the pickup truck. Yes. Right? If they have an auto version, that would be very cool. All right. Well, it's 747 in the morning. Let's do this. We will take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Hi. Hi. I'm just calling to thank you for your referral. You referred us to Access a couple of weeks again to put in a roll-in shower. I can't tell you how outstanding this company is. They are clean, expedient, polite, right on the money um, as far as knowing exactly what to do technically and how to do it. Um, They were finished quickly. I, I just can't thank you enough for this outstanding referral. Oh, my gosh, that makes me so happy. Uh, so r- remind me, because uh, I, I think I remember you called in, what, a few weeks ago uh, looking for this, and, and tell me what they did. Yes, a few weeks ago. Um, not only were they excellent, but the response, we called them. At, he even apologized for waiting two hours to call us back. I mean... What's the matter? Wait a minute. What's the matter with them? Two hours. You had to wait two hours? Forget it. (laughs) And apologizing. My God, you wait days everywhere else. Right, right. But technically, they were right on the money because they had to do a bit of structural work. And, um, I mean, they just knew exactly what to do, and they were quick. Oh, that's so nice. Exactly the number of days they said they were going to work. 
and the people they sent were so polite and so nice and immaculate cleaned up every ounce after themselves each day that's so great you know um when i started in the in the business uh, i worked for a guy that said uh, that told mike and i remember that the broom is mightier than the ha- than the hammer and so cleaning up after the day is done is such, <laughs> is such a uh, an important lesson learned and and eileen that makes me so happy to know that you had such a great experience with access and and you know a, a lot of times people call in to complain and it's nice that you took the effort and time to call in with a great review for our friends oh, over at I access. would recommend them to anybody. You're very I mean, they were because and not only that look at all the trades that were involved the plumbing and the construction and the tile and everything else and they were just excellent. That's great. You're awesome. Thank you so much for calling and uh, continued success. I hope it all goes well. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. 857 for Lou. That's really nice. You know, everybody calls to complain, and, you know, it only takes a little bit more to be nice. That's so great. Good job, Access. Nice job. 857 for Lou. This is, uh, this is Jim calling in from Chicago. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Thank you. Lou, uh, yeah, I um, I own a three-flat here in Chicago, and recently we had to replace our front wooden stairs with metal stairs. And that kind of brings up a new dilemma here in Chicago in the wintertime. What do we use for ice melt and metal stairs? I know we can't use rock salt because that will just corrode the metal. Yeah. So the the stairs themselves are like, uh, what is it, like a a metal diamond plate tread? Is that what it is? That's exactly right. It's um, it's diamond plate for all the all the stairs, um, and you know everything else. The risers, the whole staircase is out of out of metal. It's welded and it's painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we've tried, you know, some other products. You know, some of the other ice melts that are not, like pet friendly stuff. Um, I don't know exactly the chemical uh, concentrates of these things, but they say they're they're friendly to metal. But I'm still not exactly sure what I should use. If yeah. that's the right thing to use, is something that's not a sodium chloride. You'll get um, no matter what you use because of the metal. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get some peeling of the paint almost annually. You know, depending on the on the winter. You know, this this winter, maybe not because, you know, we haven't gotten a lot of snow and ice. But you know what would be what would be a really good Yeah, we've been lucky. What would really be a good um thing for you on the metal stairs is they make a liquid calcium chloride. Hmm. And if you depending on the layout of your house or whatever you have, if you took a um a pump sprayer, like a small, let's say a gallon pump sprayer or something like that, right? And um, huh. put that in there, leave it at the front. Then when you know it's icy or, you know, like, oh, they're, you know, they're predicting snow, pump that bad boy up and um, you you just spray a little bit on the steps. It will uh, stay there and um, kind of you'll get, it, it's not going to build up. Like, if it was wood or concrete, it would soak in a little bit and it would stay there. But with the metal and the paint, it's going to stay on the surface. The one thing that I'm hmm. the one thing that I'm curious about is if it's slippery. Now, with the diamond plate, it shouldn't be because it's elevated. Um, it's not slippery on porous materials. I'm, I'm wondering 
how it would, what that would happen on a non-porous painted surface. Maybe you try it. Hmm. Maybe yeah. you try it and see. That's a good idea. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. You know what and I mean? Pump sprayer. Go ahead. When you, when you say pump sprayer, could I just use like one of those garden sprayers that we use for killing weeds? 100%. Exactly. But keep in mind, once we make that pump sprayer oh. for this, if you're going to use it for other stuff, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to, uh, really clean it out before you put something else in it. I'll probably label it. But yeah, good point, though. Yeah, don't use it for anything else. Liquid calcium chloride, you can get it at uh, hardware stores or big box stores, and they should um, they should have that for you, for sure. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the phone call. Do you want me uh, I, are we going to take a break or take another call? What do you want me to do? All right, 857 That was... Uh, that was Jim in Chicago. This one is a Jim in Joliet. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on House Marts Radio. Hi, Jim. Hello. Hello there. Good morning, sir. Good Good morning, Lou. How are you doing? Good. Well, how may I help you? Hello. Okay. Uh, well, basically, hopefully you and I can make my wife happy. <laughs> We're redoing our kitchen. Uh, we got new flooring, the uh, laminate flooring and everything, and we looked at the countertop and said, eh, that needs to go too. Unfortunately, we have this corner cabinet that's both a, like a uh, appliance garage and then a Lazy Susan up on top. And I find that it's kind of locked into the corner by the backsplash stone that we put in about uh, seven or eight years ago. And I'm looking for an idea on what's the best way of getting the grout out, like on one side of the uh, cabinet where the, where the stone backsplash is. I'm looking at trying to get the grout out of there just so I can release this cabinet so they can come in on Thursday and put in our new countertops. Do you happen to own a multi-tool? Yeah, I do. The only problem that I have with that is what kind of a bit would I use to get that grout out of there? So they make a grout removal blade, like a duck bill, that you'll put on the end of it, and okay. you're just going to plunge it. You'll, you'll plunge straight in, and then you can work side to side, and uh, you know you just got to get the appropriate one for, t- for tile. It, it is a grout blade. You know It'll say for masonry and, and what that, and it'll do grout. And that'll be your easiest okay. easiest way to release that grout so you can get the cabinet out. I mean, that that shouldn't take any time whatsoever. It'll make a little dust, but, you know, those multi-tools are fabulous tools, and uh, they do a really nice job. Jim, uh, thanks so much for the phone call. I'm bumping up against time. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. We'll be right back. He, we made it through because I was curious about, like, what kind of paint he was using. Asking him about the paint that he was using. And, and, I mean, my kids are like, what's wrong with you? I go, well, I just want to know. Like, you know, I just want to know. And it was, you know, it was some brand that I'd never heard of. But it was Mexico. You know, they might probably use different stuff. But I was looking at what they were doing. And, you know, it just must be like at a resort. Like, that would be the job that I would do in retirement is I would be like a, a resort maintenance person. That would be fun. Right? Like, sweet. move to Mexico. 
move to Mexico and just be the guy. Oh, yeah, I'll fix the doorknob. Right. And just run around with my little car. I saw this one guy with a cart and a ladder. And, uh, but so anyway, okay. So here's my story. Here's my, here's my butterfly story that I got to tell you. Uh, Don, uh, yeah. Andy, mm-hmm. uh, are you, Lindsay, I know the answer to this for you, but are, are you someone that gets a massage? I used to. Uh, yeah, um, I, I have. And, and will occasionally if I've got some issues or something. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So I have a thing. Did you get a massage? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh my, this is... I know, and you know that. I, I just, I don't know what it is. But I, I, I don't know what, I, I mean, I'm not a prude. I just don't, I don't know what it is. But it's just, so, okay. You know how I told you my New Year's resolution about the 50 push-ups? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh. I've been doing them. Nice. Great. Nice. Since the New Year, Okay. My shoulders are really tight. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I was telling my wife to that. She said, you know, you should get a massage. I go, you know, I just don't. That's not. I, uh, okay, I'm going to do it, right? We're at this resort. We haven't been anywhere, you know, really, and I'm going to do this. So, she makes an appointment for me at the spa, and I go in, and, uh, you know, you go in, and there's a guy. Okay, senor, you know, here, you put your thing. And he goes, now, you know, you're uh, here's a robe. And I go, do I wear my my shorts well no no you should be naked like, mm. all right so now i'm uncomfortable okay you can wear them though he said you should be that's what he said right and i don't do this a lot so i'm just trying to follow the rules i'm a rule follower well they hand me this robe that and you know even though i've lost weight i'm still a big man and the robe was a little small mm. like in the sense that because I've been doing all these push-ups. It was really <laughs> tight in the shoulders. And when I went to <laughs> fold it, it just barely folded over itself. Okay? Uh, okay. So I, okay? So now I got nothing on, and I'm nervous, and i am got this robe. And so then the guy leads me over. Oh, you can go in this pool and whatever. You know, but I go, no, no I'm good. I'm good. And so then they, t- so then they go, okay, well, I'm going to introduce you to your masseuse. And so we walk out of this room, this lovely spa, you know, beautiful waterfall, the whole nine yards. And I go into this room and there are like 15 women who are all masseuses waiting, I think, for the other people, men and women who are going to come and get. And, 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 and I'm like, oh my, and I'm holding the robe, right? Because, I, it's barely going around me, right? And now I'm like, I am like, every muscle in my body is completely tense. I'm like, yeah, now I need a massage, right? Because right? I'm so tight. And so I'm super nervous. I'm just nervous. And we walk down these, walking down the stairs. I'm holding the room. like, this is super embarrassing. And um, so then we go into this room, right? And it's a small room, and it's dark, and there's like mu, you know, soft music, right. and I am just the wreck. And she says, "Have a seat." Well, now you're sitting in the robe, right? <laughs> oh my god! Right. The whole, and I am okay. And I, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like looking around. I'm going, okay, just try and relax. Try and relax. Try and relax. Try and relax. I'm going to pause. This is the butterfly part. Seven years ago, my sister passed away, and. My sister was, Cindy, was a, just an awesome person, and uh, she was a smart aleck, and I mean, she was just the best, and she had a sense of humor, and it was really tough, you know, she did not go quietly, and it was a really tough thing, 
And one of the last times I saw her in Denver, which was probably the last time I saw her um, before she passed away, you know, we were sitting there talking and, you know, reminiscing because we had both our parents were gone and it was just the two of us. And uh, she called me Gigi and she said, Gigi, just, you know, look, how about this? Every time you see a butterfly, I want you to think of me. That's me keeping an eye on you. And so that was seven years ago. I remember when I got on that airplane, you know, knowing that I left Denver and I was probably not going to see her again. And I was sitting in the uh, aisle seat in the plane. And this little girl was coming, you know, to sit with her parents. And I hear her giggling and asking her mom, what's her seat? You know, oh, it's whatever, 22B or whatever it is. And I look up and this sweet little girl has a butterfly t-shirt on. She's got a t-shirt with a big butterfly. And that was the start of, since my sister died, I see butterflies everywhere. Just whether it's on a t-shirt or flying around or whatever. I think I told the story when Max went to school his freshman year at Carthage and Mary Beth and I, you know, our last child going to college. And as we were leaving, he, we were walking by the lake at Carthage and he looks down and he says, look at that. And the butterfly landed on his toe and he put his finger down. And I swear to God, the butterfly fist bumped the kid. <laughs> right. I remember that. Remember that story? Yep. Okay. So here I am in the room. I, my robe is barely covering my, you know, and I'm nervous and whatever. And the woman can see I'm nervous. Right. And she says, just relax, just relax. And she's like, oh, hand, open up your hands and hand me your hands. I'm going, but, but the robe, you know, and so I'm trying to pinch my legs. <laughs> and, and I open up my hands and she takes this beautiful, colorful butterfly and puts it in my hand. And then she closes my hand and she says, just relax, you're going to be okay. And she gets up and she says, you know, go ahead and lie down on the thing and I have this butterfly and there was my sister telling me that I was going to be okay right and then I stood up and I took the robe off and <laughs> got under the thing and I somewhat enjoyed the 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 thing but then I had to put that robe back on when I left <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, that's that, that that is nice. I did. I thought you were going to say the butterfly flew out of the robe. I really no, did. no. <laughs> I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> I was like, but Man. it was sweet, and yeah. it was like right then and there, and it all came to me, and uh, and I and Wait, so was it like a real butterfly she put in your hand. No, no, no. It was like I a was little like paper a... decoration right. type of thing. You gotcha. know, like a keepsake that I got to keep, and yeah. I have it. That's great. That's so then nice. fast forward, I get done with the massage and I'm leaving and there's a woman who's in charge of the spa. This is out in the like the lobby and she knew I was going to get a and she said, how was the experience? And I didn't tell her the whole thing about the rope, but I told her, I told her the butterfly story about my sister and she started to cry and she gave me a big hug. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. Definitely. So that part of it was really good. But my, my family decided that we have now come to the conclusion that I am done getting massages. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for the best. Probably best. <laughs> I think it's yeah. for the best. Yep. This <laughs> might not work. So, to my sister Cindy, you're always Better looking out for world. me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. 857-5574. Lou is our phone number. 857-5574-568. Hey, you know what? Uh, we'll get back to your phone calls, but right now it's time to hear from Lindsay about what's new at Builder Supply Outlet. Thanks, Lou. What's ultra modern, yet also a classic throwback? Hi, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. 
Hello? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I, I, I have a question for you. I have a 30-year-old home. It's a garden home. It's only about 1,500 square feet, and I had mouse infestation in my crawl space. Oh. And after the pest people came and checked it out, you know, of course, they pulled down all the um, insulation and all that stuff. And it was never, um, there was never a, 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 a water barrier put down in there. That was just the code at the time. They never put anything down. So it's kind of moist and damp. And they had suggested, you know, to do the cleanup and do encapsulation. Mm-hmm. And I got a price of like $11,000 for that. And I know I'm, I'm trying to get Permafield to come out and give me a, an estimate for that as well. But I also have a small attic area above the second bedroom where uh, it needs new insulation up there because the insulation has kind of collapsed. There was right. some, I guess, damage from mice there, right. too. So I'm trying to find out who could do that part for me if I... For the attic, who would you know? Besides, Orkin said they could do it, but I want to find out. Permaseal said they don't do anything like that. Not so I'm up trying in, to find, yeah, not up in the attic for people okay. who would. What the, before we get going yeah. on that? How how did we uh, how did we resolve the uh, the mouse issue? Is that done? Uh, not quite in there. There's still. Um, the, the mouse was eating the paper trap. Right. Mice were eating the paper trap, so right. it's not quite done yet. Okay, we got to get that solved so first. There's stuff gotta... that they put down there, bait. Yeah. Okay. We have to get that solved, and um, you know, I'm not a big fan of baiting inside the home because it draws the mice in because that's where the food source is. I mean, I realize it's winter, although. Um, it's pretty mild. Um, so, you know, my recommend, I've heard from more people this year than I have in quite some time about issues with mice from all across the country, Michigan, Denver, Chicago. It's, I don't know what it is. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're in high numbers these days. And I know that it was, uh, during the pandemic, the height of it, we had a lot of issues too, but my recommendation always with this, and I realize you have professionals helping you, is but the bait should be on the in the outside rather, and then um, the uh, the inside should be repellents and or traps. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to kill the mice, but I'm not a I'm not a advocate of that. I think mice carry a lot of disease, and uh, you know is bad for air quality and can mm-hmm. cause all kinds of problems. So me in my world, uh, you know, there's plenty of mice, and if we kill them, it's not a we don't want them in the house. So once we solve that problem and we exactly. se- and we seal everything up to try and avoid it again, you're probably going to still be using repellents and things like that. Now, the attic insulation, let's get back to that. There's a bunch of different companies that do it. Uh, there's a company that I, I don't know them personally, but I believe they're out of Skokie and they work kind of, you're up in Gurney, Julie, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they they work up that way, and uh, I think that uh, it's called Ecotech, E C O Tech, and they're okay. an insulation company that uh, you could certainly contact to see to get an estimate. And I mean, there may be others. You know, if you go to one of the sources that I uh, always recommend to a lot of people is the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. That's an association there that if you plug in your zip code and you put. Uh, you put your um, uh, 
zip code in there, you, you can find people up in that area under insulation for sure. Okay. All Thank right. you. I appreciate it. I just didn't know where to yeah, go. Understood. I appreciate you calling this so morning. that helps a lot. Yeah, Thank get, you so much. Get but that. Get that mouse problem. Have a great day. You too. Thank get you. that mouse problem solved because that's a huge issue. I, I'm, I've gotten a bunch of emails from friends of mine. Uh, uh, you know, our, our daughter Carmen lives in Michigan, and they've had problems with mice. And uh, you know, of course, I'm like, oh, I wish I was there to help you, but you're you're in Michigan, and I'm not. But I'm giving her advice, and then someone else I know lives in Denver and is having all these issues. So, for those of you that are having uh, mice problems. I'm going to give this to you just so you have it. You can file this away. No such thing as one mouse. Okay. On the inside of the home, you can use uh, repellents. There's a couple that I like mouse magic, rat magic, which is just a bigger version of it. There are uh, sachets that you can put inside the home. Another company called fresh cab that you've heard me talk about. You put those under the sink places. You see them. They don't like the smell. You won't mind it. It's actually kind of a nice smell, but for some reason, rodents don't like it. You want to use some kinds of traps also near there. Now, there's a lot of people don't like the glue traps. They have these uh, Decon and Victor make these what they call quick traps or humane traps where they're, they call them no-see traps that the mouse goes in, it does its business, and you just pick the trap up and you can either reuse it or you throw the whole thing away. Typically, you turn them upside down. There's a little piece of paper. You put a little peanut butter in there, close it. They seem to love the peanut butter. On the outside, look to find any holes or cracks in the foundation. Remember that a mouse can go in a hole the size of a dime. I know nobody wants to hear that. But this trick I learned from Streets and Sanitation in Chicago probably 20 years ago. Stick a little newspaper in the hole. Put bait on the outside. If you have um, pets that are outside, they do make bait stations that are protected. Only a rodent can get into. Your dog really doesn't want to deal with that anyway. There is also, for you pet owners, if for some reason a dog were to eat some bait, there is an antidote. I believe it's called a K1 shot that vets have to counteract what the bait is. So you do that on the outside where you put the newspaper. Tomorrow you go, look, if the newspaper came out, you know the mice are going in and out of that spot. Put the newspaper back in, make sure you have enough bait. Keep doing that until the paper doesn't come out. Now, hopefully, we don't know this for a fact, the mouse expired on the outside of the house. There is a chance that it expired on the inside of the house. Or it got, you know, drunk from the bait and went into the trap and it could be the same mouse. But if you do this... You'll solve the problem. Then you seal up those holes with expanding foam, maybe a combination of of uh, steel wool and expanding foam. They can eat the expanding foam too, but some of that too has additives in there that they don't like to chew. They put something in the foam as well that's specifically for rodents. And uh, I don't know, it's been a busy, busy year for that, and I've been hearing from a lot of people. And if you try these steps, it's not just like, oh, I put a trap and I can't catch them. you got to do more than that. Uh, to, to catch them. So hopefully that helps. Um, I'm going to have a conversation with an association that represents general contractors in the um, commercial industry nationwide. We've talked a little bit about the fact that there's such a shortage in construction workers, and it is such an amazing field and career. 
And uh, there's some pointers and tips we're going to talk about so that you can help those people looking for a job. Maybe they don't want to sit in an office. They, they want to be outside. They want to have a rewarding career where they can truly live the life of the middle class. Let me tell you, you can do that in the trades. That conversation's coming up after this report of WGN Radio News. Now, one of the things that um, you hear me talk about all the time is what a terrific option it is for anybody to get involved in the trades, whether it's a carpenter, a plumber, an electrician, a roofing contractor, a tin knocker, you name it. Uh, Working within the trades is just such an awesome opportunity uh, for a career, a lifelong career. One of the biggest challenges we continue to hear about is the workforce shortages across all industries. But the construction industry and the contractors across America are really suffering uh, because there's just not enough people coming into the trades, and, and it's a problem that we really need to help solve. And, you know, I can beat this drum all day long and and try and tell you that this is awesome, you should go do this, but um, there's great opportunity there. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the opportunity that's there, as well as a little bit about the sh- shortages, and, and we found somebody that I think can help us. Uh, his name is Brian Termale. He's the Vice President of Public Affairs and Strategic Initiatives with the Associated General Contractors of America. Brian, good morning, and welcome to House Smarts Radio. Well, good morning, Lou. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, can, can you tell the audience a little bit about uh, the AGC, the Associated General Contractors of America? What is that? Sure. We are the the trade association for the commercial construction industry in the United States. So our members build everything you can think of except for single family homes. So they build highways, they build bridges, power plants, office buildings, condo buildings, they build strip malls. um, uh, They build the pipelines that connect our energy and the utilities that connect our power and water uh, really, anything that requires a hard hat, you know, again, except for like those meandering muse developments. But even there, they'll build the strip mall right outside the front gate. Sure, sure. And um, I would imagine, and, you know, we just, the, there was just a huge bill, right? The infrastructure, uh, you know, bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill that just passed. And that has to be quite a boon for your members. Oh, you know, we're we're at a very interesting time. Uh, you're right that the the Congress passed last year, or I guess it was maybe a year before that, and and because I forgot that we're in 2023 now. Right, right. Congress passed at the end of 2021 uh, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, uh, and President Biden signed it into law, and that provides just under a trillion dollars over a 10 year period for a wide range of infrastructure projects, everything from, from improving our highways, water systems, um, airports, uh, public, public transit systems, train systems. Uh, it, it's a, an enormous opportunity. And then in 2022, Congress passed uh, two other bills that also provide an enormous amount of resources for different types of construction projects. They passed the CHIPS Act, uh, which is a bill that, that, among other things, provides lots of public incentives for firms that build semiconductor plants in mm. the United States. Mm. And then they also passed uh, a bill that they call the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes uh, an enormous amount of resources for uh, building clean energy facilities. That's everything from electric vehicle battery plants to 
uh, you, you know, uh, uh, renewable power plants that operate off solar or wind sure. turbine. Uh, so basically, in the last two years, the federal government has put a lot of money in the construction. Now, all of it comes, of course, with different and complicated strings right. attached. But um, but this is all this money is and it's very welcome uh, is coming at a time when the industry um, has a good amount of private sector work, which we're grateful for, uh, and and of course is you know will provide a series of challenges which we think we can overcome, but on 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 a, on making sure that we've got enough men and women to do the work of construction. Well, and these these large infrastructure projects are, you know, tend to be multi-year propositions for large uh, construction firms, right? I mean, these these aren't like, hey, let's go over there and build a pole barn to hold some tractors or something like that. These are, you know, highway projects and bridge projects, and, and it's one after another after another. I mean, literally... Someone could come into the trade now and go work for one of these contractors, and and you know you get on these right infrastructure deals, and you could have an entire thirty year career and, and stay busy. Which gets me to you know kind of where we're going. The shortage of labor in this yeah, but, is really a challenge, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things we do is every summer we do a, a workforce survey of our members. We ask them, you know, how hard is it to find workers? Who you're looking for? Uh, you know, what are you doing to attract workers? And 80% of our members, um, and we have 27,000 member firms around the country, 80% hmm. of our members tell us that they are having a hard time finding qualified work. And as a result, um, in, in many ways, it's, it's good if you're looking for a career in construction. Our members are raising their pay. They're putting more money into training. Uh, they are increasing other kinds of compensation benefits. Uh, they're really working to to get more men and more women into these construction careers. And um, I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but but these are really, by and large, very great career opportunities. Most positions in the industry don't require people to amass the kind of college debt you need to go into many other career fields, right. yet pay better than the average job in the United States. And particularly if you're the type that doesn't like to be stuck in a fluorescent lit cube farm, uh, there's a tremendous <laughs> amount of satisfaction uh, of working in construction. Your environment changes all the time. And um, I'd say here's the biggest thing that distinguishes a career in construction with a lot of the other jobs that are out there right now is that everyone who, and I'm sure Lou, you've done this, everyone who's worked in construction at one point or another take someone they care about, puts them in their car, drives around town and says, I built that, I built that, and I built that. Mm-hmm. And I have never taken my children or anyone else who cares about me to my office and shown them a news release I've worked on. <laughs> they wouldn't care about that. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, Brian, does, does the uh, AGC, do you represent all different kinds of commercial contractors, meaning you know union and non-union companies across the country? That's right. We represent the entire industry, every type of contractor. A third of our members are, are union contractors. Mm-hmm. Two thirds aren't, and that's really more of a sort of a, a, a fact of you know coincidence of geography. Depending on where you are, sure. construction is a union market or it's an open shop market. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm in Urbana, Illinois today, and uh, we're just speaking to our building chapter here, the Central Illinois Builders. 
which is a wonderful chapter, and uh, that's a hundred percent union market. Right. But uh, our guys, um, it really just depends on the type of work that they do and uh, where they operate. Um, but yeah, we, we represent the whole industry. So, you know, for for people listening, you know, maybe there's someone listening going, you know, what I'm I'm in this office job i can't stand it you know it's just not for me or or maybe there's someone that has a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter that you know has expressed you know maybe dissatisfaction with where they're at or or people that don't want to necessarily go to college and you you talked about amassing uh, the debt i mean you know some of these union trade jobs can very quickly you know become six-figure salaries uh you know, with with just long term career potential, with growth and responsibility, and 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 as you mentioned earlier, pride in their work. Um, what are some steps that perhaps you could offer people if they're thinking about a, a career in the construction industry that they could take to maybe at least get them on the right path? Yeah, and you know, that's, and pass the good word. There are there are multiple paths into a career in construction. Right. So, and, and those paths can be a little bit different based on or depending on where you are. Uh, so, if you're in a, a market that's heavily union, uh, then the, the easiest and arguably the best pathway is to, you know, call your local construction unions. Uh, many of them, uh, in, in Central Illinois included, but many of them uh, have a single application that you can fill out uh, to apply to any and all of the building trade. Uh, uh, union apprenticeship training program. Right. An apprenticeship program, we, we've moved up, you know, kind of far from Johnny Tremaine. Apprenticeship program is basically an, an education program where you learn a skill while you're paid as an employee. So you earn while you learn. Yeah. So if you wanted to become a carpenter or a pipe fitter or equipment operator, uh, you would you know, spend a little bit of some time in class. You would spend time working on a job site as a, a registered apprentice. Uh, you get paid a, a good live, a good earn, a wage while you're working, and you're amassing a set of skills, and you're learning from men and women who have spent their career mastering the different skills that you'd be studying. Uh, so that's a great pathway. One of the things that we, we we talk about a lot is, in many ways, this sort of union apprenticeship program is one of the best kept secrets in in, in careers in the United States. Right. And unfortunately, the, the word secret is operative. In some cases, it's a little hard to find where those union opportunities are. We've got a lot of chapters around the country that are working to sort of help the unions better promote those opportunities, get their you know, advertising campaigns up on Facebook, on the internet. But if you call any of the unions and just Google, you know, building, you know, uh, uh, building trades or carpenters, you'll find information about your local unions and just call them and say, "Hey, I'm interested in in, in coming by and, and visiting your apprenticeship facility and thinking about a career in construction." They're gonna they're gonna be thrilled to have you come by. Uh, but in many other parts of the country, you might want to look at uh, what are the, the uh, look at are the construction programs at a lot of community and technical colleges, uh, and a lot of construction firms around the country offer their own training programs for new hires, whether it's a formal apprenticeship program or whether it's just they've got a training program. So, it, typically, a good source would be your local Associated General Contractors chapter. They're going to know all the pathways in your area and be able to connect you with either the right training program or the right employer. So you uh, you folks at uh, AGC can also help with with kind of directing people based on their geographic location. That, that's right. Just I mean, at the, at the simplest, just go to our website, which is agc.org, and we've got a, a, a spot where you can find a chapter, 
and there's a map. Just click on the state where you're in. You'll see all the local chapters there. Give them a call and uh, say, hey, I'm thinking about a career in construction. They will get you to the right person. Trust me. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, Brian Termail is the Vice President of Public Affairs and Strategic Initiatives with the AGC, which is the Associated General Contractors of America Association. Uh, Brian, this is really terrific uh, information. I really do appreciate you joining us this morning. And, and uh, you know, when we get done... I'd like you to scan one of those press releases that you've created and send it to me, and I want to look it over, and, and I will give you the, the pride that you need for what you created. <laughs> they, I'm biased. Obviously, I think they're perfect, but none of my kids would ever appreciate it, but I'll send it your way, absolutely. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Lou. You too. Appreciate you having me on the show. You're listening to How Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. I'm going to give you that website one more time because I think it's important for a lot of you listening. AGC.org. AGC.org. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Evidently on the website, the phone number to contact us is wrong. It's the wrong It's the wrong uh, area code. Not not on our website. I'll take on, a look. On take which a look? website? On the WGN website. We want to try. You know what? You know what, Bill? That's the way we keep the riffraff out. We really want to know that you want to figure out how to call us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How may I help you, sir? Um, I thought of. I got like three quick questions. I think um, the name of that product to clean out your uh, pipes for preventing the having to route that thing. I forgot. I already forgot the name. It was Rebeck or something. You ready? Um, I want to know if I can use that in the kitchen. Uh, you, uh, because I've got the same kind of problem every few years on the kitchen sink because we put an addition on and the slope isn't high enough. Um, secondly, okay, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, Bill, these. Bill, let me stop you there. So you can yeah. you can use that in the kitchen sink, but quite frankly, a better product for that. And if you have a pencil or a pen, I'll give you the name of that. Is a product called EcoFlow. E C O dash F O excuse me F L O it may be W or it might be F L O. It's the it's the same company that makes a product called InstaFlow, and it is an enzyme. And without the bottle in front of me, I can't remember if you if it's the same thing that you put in the drain, add a little water to and leave it overnight, or if you you actually make a treatment and then you you know you rinse the water after like an hour or so but that one for kitchen uh kind of grease and you know food particles is a really good one to use monthly yeah. so try the ecoflow on the uh, on the sink and then the robic which is also by the way I didn't mention it's septic safe so people that are on septic systems you can use that as well it does a really nice job of kind of taking care of uh, all the gunk that can build up inside pipes. Yeah, okay, great. Um, the second thing was on the hardwood floors, I tried the baby powder stuff and the hammer, and it's sealed so tight it doesn't seem to go down there, so I still get a squeak in the spot, and I didn't know if maybe a pilot hole and a couple finishing nails would do the trick. If you're going to do... If you're gonna lastly, I if you're going to do that with the pilot hole, so that the the paper or the the pow, the powder, you get a fifty fifty chance of that working. 
And if you're going to do a drill a hole and put something in there, what I would use is a finish screw. So they make these coated two, two and a half inch long screws that have a small head on them. And so you're going to drill a smaller hole than the size of the screw, and you're going to drive that in and then on an angle and try and pull that down. Now, two things you got to be careful of. If you've got an older house where these the wood is up on sleepers, okay, you have to be aware of that. And many times on those houses, electrical piping ran within the space between the sleepers. I don't know if that's the case in your house. Do you know if you have that or not? No, I don't think so. Okay. So just angle it, and then what you'll do with the little hole, fill that with a little colored putty to kind of blend it in. Okay. And um, last, I always enjoy recording all the House Smart TV shows, and I haven't noticed any lately, and the ones I had recorded were kind of old. Yeah. I wondered what was up with that. So we uh, ended production of, of House Smart's TV after 16 seasons, and, um, you know, the, the kind of the... The weekend landscape of television shows has changed quite a bit with TV stations, and, you know, they're all about paid programming now on the weekends, and so it just wasn't, uh, you know, feasible to, to kind of keep it going. So all of that stuff, what we're doing now is cataloging all that and putting it up on our YouTube channel. So if you go to uh, youtube.com slash TV. Uh, a lot of that stuff is there, but no new episodes are are coming from House Smarts TV. It was an amazing run, and I learned a ton, and we had a lot of fun. And you know, like like anything, you know, comes to an end. But uh, we're very proud of what we did for for those sixteen years. And you know, who knows? There might be something in the future. Never know. You just never know. Thanks so much for the phone call, Bill. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll be right back. You know, the old adage of, you know, you always got to be careful what you're saying because there might be somebody that knows who you are or whatever. And, and don't burn um, bridges. And don't burn bridges. So we're at the resort. We're having a nice time. And, you know, our son and my daughter-in-law both went to Michigan and my wife proudly wears her Michigan hat everywhere they go. And, you know, it's a resort, right? And you see other people with Michigan hats. And, you know, they're all, you know, camaraderie. Oh, go blue, you know, that kind of stuff. And so at one point early, we were there for a week. And early on, uh, my son says, oh, yeah, those people over there, those two young girls, they go to Michigan. One's a senior, one's a sophomore. Oh, yeah. You know, and they chit-chatted a little bit. And he just says to me, oh, and, the, and they're from Highland Park. I'm like, oh, that's funny. All right, you know, didn't pay any attention to it. You know, the day goes on, day goes on. And I would see this family, you know, they were there. And turns out that it's the uh, the uh, grandparents are celebrating, I think, their 50th wedding anniversary. They're both in their 80s, and they brought the whole family to one of these things, which is lovely, right? Just lovely, and they're having a great time. On the second to last day, as I'm making my way through the pool to the in-pool bar, <laughs> you know, you can walk up to the bar. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the best? So cool. I'll take a pina colada, yeah. Yeah. right? And you're in the water. It's and my warm. water wings, please. Right. <laughs> Just in case I fall. <laughs> and as I'm walking back, I see this couple that I've seen, you know, with the kids. And I just say, what a beautiful day, right? Isn't this great? And they go, oh, yeah, just a lovely day. And the guy goes, are you Lou? 
And I said, God. yeah. Like, uh... And he goes, I'm Joel Tenor. I go, Joel Tenor? We went to grade school together at Red Oak Junior High in Highland Park. Oh, my no gosh. Way. <laughs> and he crazy. was one of my, well, the story gets better. He was one of my buddies. Like, we hung out. So I grew up in the west side of Highland Park. Like, so if you take 41, you know, you're heading towards, Andy knows this, yep. you grew up in Northbrook, right? 41 in Clavey. Yes. Right? Okay, so on the on the, on the the other side of the tracks, right, it was a very, you know, kind of working class part of Highland Park. And it was full of Italians and Jewish kids. All my friends were all Jewish. I've said this before. I've gone to more bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. I went to Joel's, <laughs> right, than I did to First Communions, right? And uh, so all of a sudden, we start talking. We hadn't seen each other. In I, I just did the math, 46 or 47 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow, he geez. went to Highland Park High School. I went to Deerfield High School because when you lived in that part of Highland Park, you could go either or. Okay? So we start talking. And he's like, who were the starting five on the Red Oak Junior High Rebels basketball team? He just throws that out there to me. Like, you know, I haven't seen the guy in 47. I'm going, well, it was me. It was you. And uh, and then, uh, did you send that picture to Don and Andy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking right at it. Andy, yep. you see the kid in the middle? Mm -hmm. you, you can see me, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Big on the 45. left, that's Joel. Can't miss you. On the left is Joel, right. So at 13, I'm 6'1", 135 pounds. The kid in the middle, Andy, any mm -hmm. idea who that is? Top row next to you? Top row next to me. My face Steve like a Mandel. Oh, really? <laughs> Wow. So for those that don't know, in the broadcast industry, Steve Mandel represents probably Everybody. half of Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he and I were friends, and we played grade school basketball together. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. Is that funny? It's crazy. And then the kid number 11 is Andy Block is his name, and then the, the real tiny kid. I can't remember the kid in the middle. The tiny kid, I believe, is Danny Glick. So anyway, this is funny. So there's six in that picture. He asked for the starting five anyway. So you're good. Correct. Correct. And I don't think the kid in the middle was a starting five and I couldn't. The other guy was Todd Starr and I can't remember the other one. But anyway, so it was like this, you know, when you it was this rush of memories. Right. When yeah. did, I haven't thought of that at all. Right. So he's asking me all these questions about me. And he's this love his lovely wife, Gail. Absolutely beautiful smile on this woman. We start talking. They know I'm on WGM. We talk. And now all of a sudden I feel like I'm. I'm taking over the conversation. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to just talk. Tell me about you two. This is the sweetest story. How did you two meet? So they just celebrated their 25th anniversary. Now, he's my age. They're actually, they're both my age. So they're both 58. And he said, well, it's funny. We went to this camp in Minnesota, this kids camp in the summer in Minnesota. And one summer we met. She was not from Highland Park. She was from, uh, I think, uh, California or or New York or whatever. She was not, but they ended up at this camp. She goes, and we were boyfriend and girlfriend, like in grade school for a week, you know, at summer camp, right? Like, right, oh, right. whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. Fast forward, their life goes on. He gets engaged, my buddy Joel from grade school, and they go to some 50th anniversary party of this camp. It was like some famous camp in Minnesota. And all these people went, all these friends, and he goes, he's engaged on the verge of going to San Francisco with his fiance they're going to move there and he runs into this woman gail who is now uh living in philadelphia and she's got a serious boyfriend and they start meeting at this camp and uh they start talking and they make like a connection right at this party and 
they can't believe there's more to the story but they can't believe it and he's like not really sure he should marry this woman already he always thought this and mm. she confided that she had the serious boyfriend that she wasn't really sure and he's like well good luck and he leaves walks away and all of a sudden he realizes that he's just completely unsure and he turns around and he says I don't want to make a mistake that I'll regret for the rest of oh, my life. I want to cry. Man. My nose is prickly. And he says, can I have your phone number? And they change phone numbers. And he goes to San Francisco. And a short while later, he realizes that this is not the woman that he should marry. And she realizes that this is not the man they should marry. And they get together. And they get married. They've been married for 25 years. They have three children. And it was the sweetest story man joel and gail tenor that's really that's sweet. they live in highland park he said i always said i wasn't going to move to highland park no matter what no matter what they moved back to highland park and it's the best <laughs> thing they ever did isn't that awesome. great yeah and it was so great so he sends so anyway we're talking about these other guys he sends me this picture of this i go oh, he's starting five i named the starting five and he calls the one guy who's on the team and he sends that picture of me from grade school i guess we got to post it because so everybody can see it. Totally. Right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it it's 19, it's either 1976 or 1977. I think you're going to know which one's me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh-huh. Good old number 45 in your program. Good old number 45. And I was thinking, how did I pick 45 at the time? That was my mother's age, which I didn't know that you probably wouldn't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Hindsight. Hindsight is 2020. Well, Joel and Gail, it was so nice to reconnect with you guys if you're listening, and it was just a sweet story. And go Red Oak Rebels, right? That's that was right. a good one. Rebel yeah. on. 857 557 4 Lou. 857-557-4568. Let's take a quick phone call here. This is uh, Robert calling in from Wisconsin. Hey Rob, you're on House Marts Radio. How are you this morning, Lou? Doing great. Hey, Lou, I have a walk-in shower, two-person walk-in shower, and at the entrance is glass block, which runs into the regular ceramic tile. But on the bottom course, below the bottom layer of glass blocks, I'm getting an algae in the center, what looks like the bottom layer, but below the glass block. And I've used um, chromium. I've used uh, wet and forget, and I just can't seem to get that algae to die. Is it like a, is there a caulking there or a grout where the glass block meets the base? Yes, there is a grout. Okay. Let's remove all of that. So it, there has to be some, remove all that at the bottom yeah. Bottom layer. Okay. Yeah, let's remove all of that. And you can either use a, there's a grout removal tool that you can do by hand. Um, or if you used uh, a multi-tool, which is this like vibrating multi-tool that you can put a, a blade on the end of it, that may help you to more easily get in there and you get great control so you won't damage the block. Just take your time. Get that completely, remove it all the way so you remove any discoloration that you have. Then I want you to dry it. Literally take a hair dryer and spend 15 minutes getting it super dry. Then let it sit overnight. I want it to be really, really dry. 
And then I want you to re-caulk it with a caulking that has an enzyme in it that won't let mold or mildew grow called Clean Seal. Clean seal. Okay. okay. You get that at the hardware store. They make it in okay. clear almond and white. Caulk it. Don't use the shower for 24 hours, and I think you'll probably solve that problem. Thanks so much for the phone call. It's 922 in the morning. Our phone number is 857-557-4LU. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Thanks for getting back. Well, I tell you, I... My wife and I enjoy listening to your program every Saturday morning. And I particularly liked your story about the butterfly. Oh. We are seniors living in our own home, and we need some help with hand bars or grab bars uh, in our bathroom, shower, and it is marble. And I would just appreciate any kind of a resource that you could give us. Um, we have also looking at some outdoor railings as well. Okay. Um, do you have... And you mentioned access. Yeah, these are the people I want you to call. Do you have a, a pen or a pencil available? I do, yeah. Okay, so the company is called Access, and uh, they are, you know, they service the whole uh, kind of Chicagoland area, and uh, they can really do a nice job for you. They can come out, assess what you need, and um, and if you uh, you know make recommendations, you tell them exactly what you're looking for, and they'll help you. So the phone number is eight four four i four four i l i l l i f t s you know what I would like the access people to do? I'd like them to give us the number, too. Like, I'm happy with the vanity, like the IL lifts. I like that. But I think a lot of people like the numbers, too. So, 844-IL-LIFTS. Their website. Are you online, Lift. sir? Bill, are you online as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, their website is allaboutaccess.com. Okay. I got it, Lou. Yeah, they'll do a nice job for you. I appreciate your help. I appreciate your help as well, and uh, I hope that they do a nice job for you and report back, okay? I will. Thanks right. a lot. Have be, a good day. Be well. Thank you so much for uh, listening. You know, it's 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 so nice to hear those comments, and I so appreciate all of you that uh, listen on Saturday mornings. Um, you know, while I... Uh, while I enjoy uh, taking a little time off, it's funny that, you know, Lindsay and I, we, we, have, we have done this together so long that literally on the Saturday mornings that we were both off, you and I were talking to each other. <laughs> like, it, there was like this void. It right? was. Not being able to talk with you people. And, you know, Lindsay, ha you have a whole different relationship with the callers because a lot of times... I'll look over at you, and you'll be having full-on conversations with people sure. before sure. I ever get to talk to them. And um, you know, you're, you're kind of doing your own radio show that people can't hear, and, <laughs> and then and then no we offense. talk. And so uh, it really is a, a a a love affair like a family every Saturday. It, it really is, and uh, it's it's been my 
it is my distinct pleasure to be able to, you know, be behind this microphone every Saturday morning to share it with you, with Lindsay, with Bob Ferguson, with Andy, with Don. And it's just, uh, I, believe me, I like not getting up early every now and then on a Saturday. It's not a bad thing, but uh, I do miss all of you when I'm not here. So thanks so much for well listening. Said. Are we going to do our Just Text Me segment we after are. 930? All right. So you yes. can you can text us at 857-557-4LU. We'll answer some of those text messages after this report of WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. So it's a lot of pressure. Like we have one for our family. It's called 7-Up, right? And so it's all the kids and... Our, uh, it used to be called Six Pack. Now it's called Seven Up because Amy we is entered the family, and then we also have one. You know, you hear me talk about the Jacobowskis. We have one with that group called JMC, right? Which used to be the name of our construction company, and Jacobowski Manfredini Construction. And it's like all the Jacobowski, and it's a lot of pressure to keep up with all the these text yes. chains, right? And I saw on the uh, internet, which you know the. This is why I come to the internet for this kind of stuff, not the bad stuff. There was a dad who was, he sent this to their family group chat because he just couldn't keep up. And he said, this is what he said in his text message to his group. He said, I can't keep up with the pressure of always having to LOL or like or heart everyone's random thoughts, pics, and amusements. For all future texts, I love them, laugh at them, or like them, unless it's bad. Then I dislike them in perpetuity. I can't live with the pressure. I'm out. <laughs> I was like, yes, I love this dad. I love the thing. He goes, I love them. I like them. Unless it's bad, then I dislike them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. Just so we're sure. Just so we're sure. Like, oh, that's awful. Yeah, dad disliked that too, right? Yeah. You already know. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How about some text messages? Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. A lot of positive feedback on the butterfly story, Lou. Oh, good. My wife didn't want me to tell that story, but was, she, she was worried that the robe thing was going to go too far. Well, what I was worried say, about it going too far too. <laughs> one person did say, "Lou, sweet story, the butterfly with uh, the butterfly part," but you should have left your shorts on. <laughs> right. I. Just, that's what I mean. You I should've. don't want That's so weird. No, it's not. Don't say that because now I'm in a. I was really confused. I didn't. I Everybody just, leaves their shorts on. No, you're, that is not true. Don't see. Don. That's, Andy, I'm never, would you have left your shorts on? I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> it's what they told me to do. Oh my gosh, They're professionals. I love it. Thanks um, a lot. You just ruined it. A lot. A lot of people want the um, the website again of the interview that you spoke of or that you spoke with today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, um, I can say that. AGC.org. It was the they are the um, They yeah. are, yeah, the, um, the, uh, the company is called Associated General Contractors Association, and their website is AGC.org, right? It's .org. .org, yes. And present... Uh, general contractors in the commercial trades. So they're really, and we talked about this, uh, you know, they're the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed. Um, there's a lot of money to build bridges and roads and um, gosh, there's such a demand and a need. And what's interesting is they represent both union and non-union uh, companies, you know, depending on ge geographically where you're located, 
Um, obviously, in big cities like Chicago, New York, L.A., you know, these are union towns, and there's great opportunities within the construction field and unions, but there's also great opportunity with non-union companies geographically where the, the unions may not be uh, as uh, prevalent. And um, it's just a great career choice. AGC.org is the name of the website. Um, we've also got one that says, we have a 15-year-old barn dominium in West Central Illinois. Awesome. When the water pumps, when the water pump works, it causes static in radio stations. The installing electrician is not bothered nor helpful. I've tried a filter thingy between, technical term, mm-hmm. thingy between the radio and the outlet. Any suggestions? You know, so this is a, it's a frequency thing in particular with AM. I'm I'm assuming it's an AM thing since GN is on an AM, which by the way, if the people that own WGN are listening, I would like them to get an FM station because, uh, you know, one of the things, you know how I'm all about the electric cars, Mm -hmm. you know, the electric cars don't have AM radios because there's, there's something, there's something in the frequency of the batteries. And so... There may there may be an FM tuner, but even most now don't even come with a radio because they just figure you're going to plug your phone in and stream it. So with your barn dominium, what you may find you can you can spend all this money uh, trying to run a dedicated neutral. It's probably has everything to do with the neutral wire, and you can try plugging the radio into different areas. But if the pump sharing the neutral wire ultimately it's going to go back to the electrical panel, it's still going to give you static. Quite frankly, if you buy a smart speaker and you plug it in and connect it to the internet, WGN Radio has never sounded better than when you stream it over an internet connection because you literally get stereo sound. Now, you don't get all the same commercials, which may or may not bother you um, because what they stream is different. Um, And actually, with your, uh, where where did they say their barn name is? Central Illinois? You may actually get ads served up to you that are in that area that do streaming. Uh, but anytime any of the hosts are speaking or they're reading something live, when their microphone is on, then you'll hear us on the stream. And quite frankly, uh, we listen to WGN Radio over our smart speaker because it's just so convenient. The only thing that bothers me is that it's a little bit delayed. It's like 40 seconds or so you know, from the live, but it's not the end of the world. So that's the way to go. That's our Just Text Me segment, 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568. We'll take, uh, we're broadcasting, by the way, from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after that. <laughs> that is just awesome. We, I mean, we, I, I couldn't even ever imagine that that would happen 28 years ago, that we would have loofahs and hats and You know you've and made t-shirts. it when you have your own loofah. Well, that you loofah. made, loofah. I'm telling well, you, there is a... That should be like in the, we should have it in like the WGN, like stuff that they buy. You know how John has his speed joke cup? You're like, oh, I want one of those loofahs, right? I would endorse it. (laughs) It's it's well constructed. Right? It's branded branded well. It's branded well. Isn't that nice? Leaves your skin silky smooth. So when I was on vacation, they had a loofah and I tried it there. Do they get softer? Yeah. Okay. Because at first when you use it, it's very hard. Yes, you need to get it wet. Yeah. Well, no, I, no, I knew that, but I, I, I didn't use it dry. I mean, it's not like oh, sandpaper. Man. That'd be rough. <laughs> really. 
Uh, Scrub those. I'm telling you, Lufa. How about instead of you know when we go to Ireland and we do our we're going to do our broadcast from Ireland. Yep. How about we do loofahs? I was thinking I wanted to get hats for people. No, the loofah is the way to go in Ireland. Everyone. (laughs) And then they got to pack the loofah. I don't know. Can we get them shipped to? Can we get them shipped to Ireland, or can you find somebody in Ireland and make them? I don't want to put them in my bag. No. Like they'll meet us there. Can we do that? Let's talk. (laughs) And then we'll put them in everybody else's bag. Yeah, exactly. Take these home, everybody. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay, I'm look. So we're our broadcast is going to happen on in Ireland. So we're leave on the fifteenth, and then we're there the tw- uh, twenty. Is it the twenty first? In the twenty first, we're looking for someone to sponsor the loofah in Ireland. If we could get a green handle, right? Like a whole. With a shamrock, yes. Right. Maybe a shamrock-shaped loofah. Sh- we get a loofah that, like a shamrock. Oh, my gosh. This You are good. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4LUFA. I mean, 4LU oh. is our phone number. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to the phone. Uh, uh, wait, I lost it. Where do we go? Who am I talking to? Jim and Dixon. Hey, Jim, you're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I had a new furnace put in last January, and when we went to that cold snap this December, it kept it kept shutting down. Looking through the pipe from the outside of the house, I could see water bubbling up, blah, blah, blah. Still shut it. It was shutting down, so you had somebody come out. They replaced a pressure switch. They replaced a motor, and ultimately they ended up uh, tapping into another vent that would go outside, which would double the size that was going outside. So I knew I wasn't going to be charged for the motor or the pressure switch because it was under a year old, but they charged me 300 bucks on the other, uh, um, on the installation of the switch over the pipe. So I don't, I would have thought that that's not the right thing to do. A hundred percent. So that, so they, they installed the original venting correct or did they connect to the venting that you had they connected to the venting that i had and it only required the one the one vent pipe not the two but since there was two there they tapped into the second one which was from the first furnace to double that output uh or or input or whatever it is i'm not sure and um then i got charged for that changeover yeah that i mean at the end of the day Okay, they're in charge of the installation to make it work right. My guess is my guess is what happened is that pipe that they connected to they didn't pitch it correctly. Like when they disconnected your old furnace, that exhaust pipe which, you know, they're in a high efficiency furnace, it creates all this condensation that has to go out. My bet is they somehow shortened that pipe and changed the pitch, and the water was coming back, and that's what burned out your inducer motor and why the thing was shutting off. And then when they figured it out, you I know... Think it's a, I think it's... Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, think it, I think it's a calculation thing here, where we're talking about distance to the exterior and the size of the pipe. Hundred percent. Why when they when, when they when they put that when they put the second hooked up to the second pipe, it gave you enough push out or, or allowed enough water to come back, and not necessarily the pitch. 
Uh, I mean, they were thinking about pitch two because they were going to start cutting holes in my ceiling across the, the, the great room, and I thought that was to be the last thing we wanted to do. But I still think I shouldn't have been charged for that because uh, it's, it's the, how do I know what the correct calculation is? I tried going through the manual. It has, obviously, you know, it has something to do with the number of 90-degree turns. Sure. It had 345s, and it ran about 40, 40 feet. You, how many feet? About 40. Yeah. And it was the original, was the original pipe from your, fur- the old furnace, was it a, was it a three inch pipe or a two inch pipe? Two inch pipe. And then they increased it to a three inch? No, they, they didn't change the pipe. They just attached it to an, the other pipe because the, the new furnace didn't require two pipes coming off of I it. I see. It only required one. So they just... They, they, they did a 45 at the furnace and put it into the two pipes going out, and that fixed the problem. You know what they? You know what this is? You got bam, probably, you got bamboozled. Uh, you should probably wasn't the switch that they replaced. Yeah, you absolutely should not be paying for that. Their job when you buy a new furnace is to make sure that it's properly vented. And if they if they determined that what was existing there, if they said, "Oh, well, we're going to do this, we're going to connect the vent," it's fine. If they make that mistake, how are you supposed to know? Right or wrong, right? That's their job. And, you know, a, a contractor worth their salt, in my opinion, should say, you know what, this isn't working, and we're going to try and solve the problem this way. There'll be no charge to that. And, you know, I would, if it were me, I'd push back. And I would even, if if they really don't go, uh, you know, if they really don't, you know, aren't cooperative, then I'd go to the manufacturer of the furnace you know, because they're a dealer in this furnace, and say, "Hey, this is what's going on, and this doesn't seem right." And you absolutely should not be charged that amount of money uh, for that venting. That should absolutely be their responsibility. Uh, keep me posted. I I, I want to hear what happens with that. Uh, let's go talk to Julie, uh, who's in Naperville. Julie, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. How may I help you? Hello? Yep. How may I help you? Julie? We have a problem with our vinyl flooring. Um, I'm not sure we have a good connection. Oh, I can hear you fine. You want me to put you on hold and we'll try again? Let's see if we can do that. I'll put you on hold and then I'll take you off hold. Are you there, Julie? Yeah, I'm here. All right, go ahead. Great. Um, we had a, a vinyl, luxury vinyl flooring installed a couple of years ago on our main floor in our townhome, and the installers did not do a very good job. We discovered after living with, with it for a while, we started to see some separations in the panels. And <clears throat> since then, we had a minor leak in our dishwasher a couple of weeks ago, and one piece just popped up completely. So now we're looking at having, we have to have some repair done or replacement. So I'm wondering if you could give a recommendation for a reputable place in the Naperville area that we can have them come and take a look and see what we need to do. Where, where did, did you buy it through a flooring company or did you did you go to a... No. We, yeah. Go ahead. We went to a big box and ordered, you know, we had gotten all the um, vinyl flooring from them and then they contracted out to have installers. Okay. And then did you pay the big box for all of it? Yes. 
and did the big box offer any kind of warranty on that work? You know, I don't know. And again, we had done a kitchen remodel and this was part of it, not through them necessarily, but um, to be honest, by the time we seated some, we saw some issues with it. We never did get back mm. to inquire as to whether there was a warranty on the, on the job. So um, part, part so of it, it wasn't the vinyl flooring. It was the way it was installed. Right, 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 right. So, and you said this has been more than a year. How many years has this been down? Yeah. A couple of years, like two years. Um, he, here's what I would do. I would start going back to the big box and I would tell your story Okay. because, you know, part of the okay. reason, part of the reason that these installed services with these big boxes, you know, you end up, you know, you get a pretty good deal, but you, you ultimately pay a little bit more than if you went direct. And, um, while, you know, to, 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 to give them the credit, they try and do a pretty good job of getting the right contractors, but it's possible that somebody slips through the cracks and doesn't do a, a good job. But, Ultimately, then you have mm-hmm. someone big to go back to to say, "Hey, this is a problem." You know, I, I realize it's only two; it's been two years, but I just want to let you know this. And they may say, "Sorry, lady, you're past the warranty. We can't help you." If that's the case, okay, right. um, you okay. Re- you really need somebody with a little expertise. I'll get that. Um, and uh, so, Ace Hardware has a handyman service that you can go to that could probably help you with this. And they have a really good stable of technicians that could probably help you with a repair because I think any flooring company isn't going to help you, you know, because it's just too small. If you go to uh, acehandymanservices.com, I believe it is, or if you go to acehardware.com, the handyman services will be there. And uh, and you'll you'll be able to connect with somebody in your area, and they should do a pretty good job for you. And I know they work in the Naperville area. Thanks so much for the phone call. Hey, we're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.